surely by now, as you've gone here and there, you've been reminded that this is indeed the most wonderful time of the year. You've gone down the streets and the lights and the decorations are up. We've had visits from Santa Claus already. Oh, people are so joyful and they're singing all these songs. It is indeed the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas decorations everywhere. It looks so pretty, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, Look around you. Uh, look around you and, and you'll see, um, it doesn't look very Christmassy in here, does it? Maybe we're just not in the Christmas spirit yet, right? Maybe we forgot to get a committee to get together to put up all the Christmas decorations, right? No. You ever been that kid, maybe, who wanted to go outside and play, but your mom said you couldn't go until you did your homework? Ever happened to you? Me either, but I know people like that, where they were so focused on that kind of stuff. And that's kind of like we are now. It's so fun out there with, with all the things going on, but we've still got something to accomplish here before we get to Christmas. And we call it Advent. And that's why we don't have the tree up here. That's why we don't have the Christmas decorations up here, because we feel like we want to get through the season of Advent First, and while everybody's singing jingle bells and have yourself a merry little Christmas and they're getting ready for silent night and all these things, we're inside here today listening to Jesus talk about the end of the world. How weird are we? Very weird, and quite the Bible says we have a peculiar faith, don't we? Faith, not face, but you know. Peculiar faith. In some ways, we've began this Advent season to prepare ourselves for Christmas. We're in here talking about the end of the world. We're kind of like those doomsday preppers. Have you seen these people? It's a television show, a reality show, that follows the lives of people who are getting ready for the end of the world, or at least the end of the world as we know it. And sometimes they're individuals, a lot of times they're families. And these people have in their mind exactly what's going to happen to bring about the end of the world. And so what they do is prepare for that. And they have stockpiles of food and weapons. These people have these special homes that they live in. They've designed uh, exit paths that they'll take. They've got a plan and action of everything they'll do when that happens, that the end is coming. They've practiced this over and over and over. They time it to make sure they've got everything down so that when the end comes, they are ready. It's a great show. It's a great uh, thought. And in some way, believe it or not, they're doing exactly what Jesus told us to do. Now, I don't think Jesus is... Uh, wanting us to prepare, you know, our stockpile of ammunition and things like that. I, don't, I think they missed that part of it. But there is this idea, when Jesus says, prepare, that what he is telling us, indeed, is to prepare for the end. So in one sense, these preppers, as they call them, they've got it right. We need to be prepared for the end. In another way, and perhaps a lot of ways, they've gotten Jesus wrong, though. 
I don't know how many of those people, at least from the ones I've seen, have ever thought that their uh, end-of-the-world scenario involves anything to do with God. It's always about a collapsing government or some takeover or a financial meltdown, things like that. As far as I've heard, it's never been about something that God does. So maybe they wouldn't think about anything that has to do with God. But where they get the idea of prepping wrong is that there is this fear about the end. And it's this fear that is driving them to make sure they're ready. To make sure, to make sure that they'll be taken care of. You see, for us, so much of who we are as Christians, as the body of Christ, has to do with the end. Now, maybe we haven't heard that as much. Maybe we don't preach about it, at least we don't. We may hear stuff on TV or anything. But so much of who we are is about the end. But friends, there is nothing to be fearful about the end. In fact, the end illustrates and signifies and reminds us of what we've known from the very beginning. And that is... God is faithful. I'll tell you what I mean. As you read through your Old Testament, as hopefully you do, you know that there is this sense of anticipation. There is this waiting going on that the people of God are doing. And so we can envision in our mind generation after generation after generation of people waiting for God to do what God said would come to pass. You can imagine parents and grandparents talking to their children saying, one day, y'all, God is going to do something amazing. And what that promise was for them is that God was going to raise up somebody who would make things right. Somebody who would speak for God with justice and mercy and righteousness. Jeremiah called it the righteous branch. Those people believed that God's promise, that somebody would spring up, was coming to pass. And so they waited. And they waited. And they waited. And they waited. They waited. They wrote about it. They waited some more. And they waited. And in the same way, you and I have been given a promise that... Christ will come again. That the end, as we know it at least, will come. And it's nothing to be fearful of. If it were something to be fearful of, Jesus said, when you see that these things are happening, raise your heads. You don't raise your head if you're scared. You run away and hide when you're scared. But to raise your head, because it's nothing to be fearful of. Because it's just a reminder of the promise and the faithfulness of God. And that, friends, is what the Christmas time is all about, the Christmas season. As we are preparing to celebrate Christmas, we are reminding ourselves that Christmas is so much more than we make it out to be. And, and I'm probably just like you. I've told my children before that Christmas is Jesus' birthday, right? And I love a good Christmas party as much as anybody else. And I like to sing Silent Night, not away in the manger. I could do without that one. But Silent Night, I love Silent Night. But Christmas is more than presents and parties and all that. Christmas is about God's faithfulness to us. 
because that answer that those people so long ago waited and waited and waited and waited for came true in the birth of Christ. And just like they waited, just like they prayed everything about them, everything about what they thought, what they sang about, everything they prayed about was that God would bring that promise to fruition. And it's the same thing with us. We're not obsessed with the end. We're not worried about the end. We're just waiting on God to fulfill his promise. And that waiting is a big part of who we are as God's people. I mean, think about it this way. When you pray, prayer is not a light switch, right? We don't sit down, pray, open our eyes, and whatever we pray for happens, right? How does it usually work out? We sit down, remember, we pray, we open our eyes, oh, and we wait. As God's people, waiting is a big part of what we do. Waiting and preparing. Now, the trouble comes because as people, as a culture, we don't much like to wait, do we? We like the light switch thing, don't we? We like to be able to say, hey, this needs to get done now, and it gets done now. We like for things to happen when we are ready. We want things to go down the way we have them planned at the appropriate time. That's why some of us are so obsessed with these things. Because it gives us control, we feel like. But the reality is, God could care less about this. So we learn to wait. Wait on God. And prepare the hope that God will, once again, keep his promise. And as hard as that sounds to do, believe me, it is hard. The significant thing, though, that happens is that we begin to change. Because in our waiting and in our preparing, we learn things about ourselves that we would have never learned otherwise. We learn things about God that we've been too busy to see before when we learn to wait. Learn things about the world. We see things differently when we understand that we are called to wait and to prepare. As hard as it is, that's what we're called to do. What makes it doable, what makes it less difficult, and what gives us the hope to continue doing it is that we've already seen what God is willing to do. We've already seen the extent that God is willing to show his love to us. And these doomsday preppers, I love watching the show because at the very end of their story, they'll always do a, they'll present a scenario, their scenario of how things are going to go down. And the program will say, well, there is an X percent chance of what they're saying is going to happen. So if it's a particular meltdown in whatever country that's going to spur everything into action, they put it all together and say, well, there's about a 10% chance that this is going to happen. Or there's a one in a million chance that what they have in their mind is going to go down. It's really kind of defeating. But us, well, we've got another chance. See, Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away. But my words, my words, will never pass away. 
And if we can learn to wait on God's promise for all of us, we can begin to see how God's promise affects our everyday life. So if God promised us healing, guess what? If God promised us wholeness, guess what? If God promised us that we are forgiven, guess what? If God promised that I'm going to be with you, guess what? You can take that one with you. God's promises are true. As God's people, we wait. We may have to wait. We may have to wait. And we may have to wait again. But in our preparation, God is doing wonderful things. So as God's people, let us pray together. Oh, loving God, you are so gracious to us. You are so much more willing to be faithful to us than quite often we are to you. So God, for the times that we have been unwilling to wait, the times that we have been more willing to do our own thing rather than yours, we pray for your forgiveness. And ask that today would be a new day for our hearts and for our faith. As we put our minds toward what you are doing in this world, and we wait for your promise to come true. Hold us in your arms, God, and strengthen us when we feel weak. Remind us of our hope when we feel down. And fill us again with the joy that you promised is ours to have. In Jesus' name, amen.